Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for CEO Exclusive, brought to you by Anona Enterprises. Good morning, everyone. On today's show, we have Antonio Thornton of Money Mouth Marketing, a serial entrepreneur, and Rashana Nichols. Rashana, I'm sorry. <laughs> Rashana Novellas of Novellas Financial, a concierge service that brings um, personal financial attention to uh, CEOs and um, and their businesses. And then Tanya Edwards of um, Optimum Living Consultants. So, uh, guys, as I normally like to start our show, um, I would love to find out about the key market trends and market forces that are happening in your industry that we are really important for CEOs to know about. So, Antonio, what, what's happening in the world of, of online marketing and marketing that you think is really key for CEOs to know right now? Well, right now, Sawini, I'm finding that, that CEOs are looking towards accountability in their marketing. And what I mean by that is that they're actually looking for results. And I feel that this has come as a result of the recession. You know, when the recession hits, belts get tighter. And they want to really be able to see an ROI on every dollar that goes out. And whereas traditional advertising, like your yellow pages and those types of things, uh, were yellow were the pages. Well, yeah, what is that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but even uh, with your, your, your mass media like uh, billboards, you're, you're finding that um, people are shying away from these types of things because they, they don't have a tangible ROI. So, you know, in, instead of getting tactical um, from a strategic standpoint, I'm finding that CEOs are getting a lot more uh, conscious of, of where their dollars are going, their marketing dollars specifically, and what's coming back as a result of, of their marketing efforts. Thank you. What about you, uh, Roshana? What are you finding? Well, currently, there is a lot of optimistic about investing in small businesses. And what business owners need to know is that they need to employ a different financial management strategy to be attractive to these investors. Most CEOs try to minimize their tax burden. So by doing so, you're minimizing your profit margin and your attractability for these outside investors. But now I'm asked all the time, hey, do you know any small businesses that I can invest in? Because there are so many opportunities out there right now that are non-traditional. So if you're a business owner that actually wants additional capital, you might need to change your financial strategy a bit so that you can increase your attractability for outside funding. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Tanya? What are you finding? You're in a, a completely different world, right? In the, <laughs> the world of holistic, uh, holistic um, health and, and wellness. Mm-hmm. So, what are you finding? I mean, this is a you know an area that that is is really kind of growing and is a kind of a, a new new industry almost. What mm-hmm. are you finding? Well, for me, Sawini, as you know, my background is in holistic medicine, and what I am focused on is corporate wellness. Because that is so important now in the um, business arena, in keeping your employees well and healthy. Um, And that's really, really important to the business's bottom line. Um, If your employees are happy and healthy, then they're at work and they're happy and healthy and your money is, is, you know, growing. So that that's where my, um, my avenue is. Mm -hmm. 
And and so just to talk a little bit about some of what you guys have just mentioned, Antonia, what so if people are not certainly not advertising in the yellow pages anymore mm-hmm. and that doesn't provide the kind of ROI that they're looking for, what are what are the places that they're that are kind of hot and 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 are providing the kind of return on investment that that CEOs are looking for? Well, of course, everyone's going online now um with with SEO, social media, etc. But we're we're even finding a trend uh, away from social media and SEO. We're finding that people are looking more towards your uh, social media pay-per-click marketing like on Facebook and with our Twitter ads coming out. We're finding that this is where people are tending to go because they weren't getting the return on investment from your typical social media campaigns. Uh, A few years ago, there was no such thing as a social media marketer. There was just no such thing. And a few years ago, uh, you know, we start seeing the trend going up. So you you see a hundred or so, then a few, uh, you know, a few hundred. Then you would see thousands of people considering themselves social media marketing experts. But we're actually seeing them shutting their doors now. And they're shutting the doors for a very important reason. is because these Facebook campaigns look great. These Twitter campaigns look great. But these campaigns were not producing dollars. I'm writing an article right now called Banks Like Cash. Because, uh, you know, as progressive as banks like to say they are, they don't take likes and followers for deposits. They like money. And because of that, um, business owners are finding that, yeah, we look great on Facebook, but we haven't gotten anything from it. So we're, we're, what we're looking to do is to find, you know, where, what can we do to actually, you know, spend a dollar and see a real ROI come back. So we're finding pay-per-click is working. Retargeting is working. We're finding um, all, all the type of paid advertising that, that people said, well, you know, I don't want to spend any money. Uh, SEO is free. Well, no, it's not. Social media marketing is free. Well, well no, it's not. <laughs> and especially if it's not getting you the results that you're looking for. It, it costs you more than you can imagine. So what are your recommendations for um, for things that actually produce that return on investment? So, you know, you said retargeting and you said um, pay-per-click and some other things. So what what do people need to look at as they're considering these doing these campaigns? Well, uh, just those two things mainly are are great. One of the reasons why. Uh, retargeting works as as well as it does. What is retargeting for people who may not know what that is? Uh, absolutely. Well, uh, imagine you've you've gone to a website and you you're you're let's say slightly interested in what they have to offer, and you you leave the site, you go to another site, maybe CNN or Yahoo or something of that nature, and then you see an ad for the site that you went to That's earlier. That's really that day. creepy. <laughs> it it is, and it seems like the ad follows you around. You go to different websites, that same ad. Well, here's the reality of it. Uh, there's a sales statistic that talks about the the there there's five between five and twelve touches as necessary for someone to make a buying decision. So when you when you think about it, if someone comes to your site and leaves, it's it's very unlikely that they'll utilize your services immediately. But when they see your ad multiple times, then they start saying, okay, well, yeah, this is, you know, they start getting familiarized with, with who you are, your service offering, and it brings them back to your site. It just keeps you top of mind. So it's, And this, the, the number of touches, is it different from online versus offline? 
not really. Uh, it's it's not not really. It's it's really going to depend on the effectiveness of your campaigns. We we found that uh, your offline campaigns are going to work just as as well as your off on online campaigns. Uh, if, when you have the right messaging, uh, we always say that you know marketing boils down to two things fundamentally. One is your market, and two is your message. And if you get one of those two wrong, you'll get mediocre results at best, uh, nothing at worst. So when you have a clearly defined target audience and a clear message that speaks to that market, yeah, you can you can be more effective with less touches. Great. And Roshana, you mentioned something that I know CEOs just love. You know, they love money and they love to hear that um, that folks are looking to give them money. So when you said that you've spoken to a number of non-traditional sources that are interested and have been asking you about potential targets, who are some of those non-traditional sources and what are they looking for? Well, the non-traditional sources are private investors or other companies that want to expand their umbrella what they're looking for is sound financial practices. So a lot of companies, unfortunately, compartmentalize their finances. They say, hey, this is something I have to do annually or quarterly or for tax purposes. But they don't really use their finances as a strategic tool to help them reach their objectives. So similar to what Antonio just mentioned, what is the ROI on certain activities? And if they're not giving you that certain ROI, um, you need to eliminate the inefficient items from your balance sheets and expense reports. And when investors look at a company, they want to make sure the financials make sense, the management is prudent, and that's shown black and white by the financials so that they can give these companies uh, money. But there is a lot of money out there, but the company really needs to use these financials and show that they're running their business in such a way that they're optimizing their opportunity and they're, they're the most efficient. So when you say financial management, um, help me understand what that looks like. Is, is it the accounting and the keeping of the financial data, or is it the using of the financial data to manage how they and change how they run their business, or is it a combination of both? It's actually the strategy. To get to financial strategy, you actually have to have your accounting report. So strategy builds on top of that. And when you strategically look at finances, you can identify your most profitable sources. You can identify how much time it takes to generate revenue in certain ways, um, what expenses are derailing your finances. All of those questions can be answered if you strategically have an interaction with your finances. So at minimum, you should do this every monthly or at least quarterly. But unfortunately, most business owners look at finances as an administrative task that cannot strategically help shape their organization. This is especially true with what Antonio mentioned with marketing. It's cut and dry which activities um, give you the ROI you're looking for and which activities don't. But some people just say, hey, this is my idea. I'm going to do it irrespective of the finances. Mm -hmm. And that's not a prudent <laughs> financial management strategy. So looking at financial strategy and making sure you know what you're doing and you're using all the tools and data that are available to inform your business decisions makes you more attractive to outside investors. So it sounds to me like you're saying some uh, a CEO would make the decision, would look at their performance, 
see that they've invested $100,000, $200,000 in a marketing campaign in 2014, and they're taking a look at that, and they're then analyzing, well, what result did they get from that investment? And they're doing that on an ongoing basis using the the financial data that they're that they're getting from their um from their accounting or from their accountants. And and Sweeney, I, I I really recognized how tightly uh, connected marketing and finance uh, are in the broader scheme of things. I mean, of course, you know, marketing is, is designed to to generate revenue. Yeah, it's supposed to drive revenue. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But working with Soini, I'm sorry, working with uh, Roshana, I I was able to recognize how that can actually impact a company's uh, profitability from a from the perspective of selling it, and 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 what that did for me selling was, the business. Yes, exactly. Or or positioning themselves in order to sell it. Um, what I've really focused on initially was just, hey, let's get customers in the door. But then we started really looking at how does that impact a company as a whole? And if their finances aren't in place, it can actually be detrimental. You know, I, you know, I have to say this, but it, 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 this happened a few years ago. We actually almost put a business out of business because we got them too much business. Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah, they say that more businesses die from choking than starvation. E- exactly, wow. exactly. And and that's why it's important to have that financial strategy in place because a lot of times people think they can solve their problems. We just need more customers. That's all we need. We just need more customers. And that's really not always the answer. And you need someone like Roshana to come in and analyze, well, no, this is what you need to fix before you get one more person in the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are some of those things that you find that that position, Roshana, um, position a company for growth um, so that they can actually take the new business when it comes from Antonio? Well, of course, profit margins. And of course, having the knowledge in place of what works for your company. So knowing, hey, I can acquire this type of client based on this particular strategy and I make a lot of money doing it. And I don't waste my time doing things that don't generate the revenue that I'm looking for. So Mm -hmm. having a concrete understanding of where your position is in the marketplace and how to um, leverage that in the most efficient manner to become the most profitable. So efficiency and knowledge and actually implementing your strategy in the most efficient way. Mm-hmm. So at the in this quarterly um, review or monthly review, what are some of the things that you think CEOs should be looking at? Looking at the activities and the cost and matching those costs to profit-generating activities. For instance, social media. Social media, as Antonio said, most people think it's free, but it's not. It takes a particular amount of time. So say, for instance, I spend an hour every morning on LinkedIn. (laughs) However, that activity generates at least, let's say, 50 emails per week. So for me, it's worth my time because I have those metrics. And that's the same thing with every activity on your expense report, whether it's your personal time or it's whether you're spending product, spending money on products and services, you really need to know the mapping between your resources and the finances that uh, generate from that particular activity. And that needs to be adjusted, maybe seasonally, um, when you have new product releases, what have you, you need to know what the overall business strategy is for the company and match that to the uh, most efficient uh, activities so that you can be successful and get there. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to the, the strategy piece, which, of course, I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I imagine, Tanya, 
one of the things that you encourage CEOs to invest in is is corporate wellness. So tell us a little bit about how you're finding that that actually does create an ROI for the CEOs that you've worked with. Well, obviously, our bottom line is, you know, our employees. I mean, it's wonderful. You know, you have this amazing business. But if you don't have the people to support you, then, you know, you're not, it's not going to be very successful. So that's why it's important for companies to invest in their employees as well. Um, I love what Rashana has said. I've learned so much myself, and I, I just think that that's great. Um, but, you know, speaking of return on investment, investing in your employees is important as well. You know, we can't just shove them aside and just say, oh, they get paid and that's enough because it's important for us to keep them well. You know, and one of the things that I focus on is coming to the organizations, coming to the corporations and doing on-site wellness programs. I do smoking cessations and weight management and all kinds of programs to keep that employee healthy because when your employees are healthy, obviously they're at work, they're happy, and you're making money. Mm -hmm. What kinds of productivity increases have you found uh, when when folks are I mean, the smoking cessation is pretty obvious because that'll decrease the insurance, you know, mm -hmm, insurance exactly. and stuff like that. But what, what, what kind of productivity increases are you finding? Well, again, what I was saying is that, you know, when an employee is happy, they're, they're happy to come to work. When they feel supported, when they feel appreciated, when they feel like their employer cares about them, then they're happy to be there. They're happy to support your business and they're happy to help you grow. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. So, when we're, Rashana, one of the things that you mentioned was was strategy, and how does how does the ongoing, either monthly or quarterly, review that you recommend play into the larger strategy for the the growth and the the overall longevity of the business? And for example, feeding into a strategic plan or a business plan, which is what what I do. Well, that's a great question. I believe that the entire board of directors or strategic management team should be involved in these strategy sessions. So you have your business attorney, your marketing individual, your financial person, your operations person, and they can all come in and say, hey, this is where we're going with our company, and here are the components that we need to focus on to get there strategically. And each of those individuals can can um, add their specific expertise so that the objective is reached in the most efficient and economical way. One of the challenges I find is that CEOs, I mean, we all in theory love to do what you've just said, but <laughs> the taking the time and uh, making that happen, I mean, that's a big investment of time to get all those resources together mm -hmm. uh, to talk about something that may or may not produce a customer or produce, you know, another $100,000 in the next month. What do you recommend or why do you think that it's it's worth it? And what do you say to CEOs who tell you they don't have the time for that? It's all about opportunity cost. Would you rather reach your objectives now or in five years? And how much is that worth to you and to your bottom line? Mm -hmm. The other thing that I find as well is that, you know, you talk about the implications that come out of reading those financials. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes those implications are not exactly, um, they're a little bit tough to swallow. Like they may need to let go of somebody or, you know, give up a pet project or something like that. Um, when you're talking to CEOs and you n notice that hot button, that one thing that they're not necessarily willing to, to deal with, um, how do you get them to take action consistent with what 
the financials are telling them to do? Well, I don't believe that you have to give up everything that you want. As a CEO, you still want to be happy and feel that the company is going in alignment with your direction. However, if, say, 85% of all activities are getting you to your objectives, maybe you can still have that pet project, but you need to make sure the 85% is getting to you getting you where you need to go. And maybe this pet project is more of a long-term play and it needs to be evaluated in a different manner. But by and large, the majority of everything that you do, every activity needs to have direct um, results or direct milestones in place in order to make sure that that's a feasible strategy and that you should continue on that path. Mm-hmm. What about you, Antonio? You seem like you had a comment on that. Well, no, I, I, I absolutely uh, agree with Roshana on that. I, I, I find that with, with most CEOs, they have an idea of how they want their business to run. And uh, usually they find that it does not run <laughs> that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it usually doesn't turn out that way. Um, but, you know, what we do is we allow the numbers, whatever those numbers uh, are, we, we allow those numbers to tell the story for us. Um, though we bring our creativity to the table, we, we focus on allowing the numbers to tell us what to do and what not to do. We will we'll go back and forth uh, from time to time with a client. We'll make a suggestion and they'll say, no, we don't want to do that. You know, we want to do this thing over there. Well, one of my mentors taught me a long time ago a phrase that I, I use a lot with uh, with my clients is that measurement eliminates argument. So we'll do your thing, okay, <laughs> and then we'll do our thing and we'll see which one gets the better results. And uh, usually, well, all the time, <laughs> we get we get better <laughs> results. So it's it's kind of one of those things where we we allow those numbers to tell the CEO what to do next. Um, you know, we we. We, we try not to get in the in the business of saying, you know, do this because we said you should do it. Uh, we, we get in the business of doing it because the numbers tell us that you should. And that typically gets us the results that we're looking for. Great. And um, in terms of of kind of the climate, um, Roshana, you mentioned that we're in a time of optimism and that things are moving forward. And Antonio, you also mentioned that um, folks are a little bit more hard nosed coming out of the of the recession. I would love to get all of your perspective on um, how to evaluate the opportunities, um, you know, how to evaluate whether or not it's time to, for example, as Roshana mentioned, get some, get some money that it's offered or time to maybe invest more in um, a particularly targeted um, uh, mar- social media marketing effort or Tanya, in your case, uh, make that investment in, in corporate wellness. How do you guys think about or urge CEOs to, to think about evaluating some of these new initiatives? Well, every company needs to evaluate their goals periodically, period. That is essential to running a successful business. And when these, when your goals include expansion, acquiring new customers, spending less money, then you need to make some changes to get there. Mm-hmm. If you're okay with the status quo, Maybe you don't need any other input, but if you want to become more strategic and a larger company and make more money, then you need help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think, I, and I, I definitely agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I go back to a philosophy that, that we run our business by, which is a Japanese philosophy, a Kaizen, uh, is continuous improvement. And, and, and when, you, when you have this philosophy, you, you're always looking for that next step. You're, you're always evaluating, here's where I am, what's next? You get there, here's where I am, what's next? So it's a constant evaluation. And so, so I say that, in, in, I say that from this perspective, if, as Roshana said, if you're okay with the status quo, then just, you know, like my dad just say, if you want to keep getting what you're getting, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> so, so if you're okay with what you're getting, it, you just keep doing that. But if you are looking to, to grow, if you are looking to expand, if you are looking to take your business to the next level, um, and, and I'll even say this, as a, as a CEO, you might even be looking to get your life back. A lot of times CEOs go into business for the purpose of freedom, and that's the very last thing they have. <laughs> so you may want to make some changes in your business based on that. So, it's again, it's taking yourself to the next level on, on whatever, in whatever capacity you can in your business. And I guess my question was a little bit more specific. So it's really important for CEOs to focus, right? And we have a smorgasbord, even on today's show, we have a smorgasbord of things that they could be thinking about or investing in, um, you know, new initiatives and things like that. The question that I'm really um, interested in, in is how do they go about evaluating which they've made the decision that they want to take some, some forward looking action, right? Um, now is the time we're in a, you know, good growth period, uh, macroeconomically. Um, so how do they evaluate which of these opportunities, like you said, opportunity cost is, you know, a big issue, Roshana. How do they evaluate which one, which one, which ones to invest their time and energy in? So there's a lot of data analysis that needs to happen. Who's your ideal client? What is the state of their, what are their spending habits? What is the cost to launch the campaign? What is your, uh, your anticipated return? All of these kinds of uh, mathematical uh, characteristics will help determine which pathway to proceed upon. I could not have said that better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so uh, in terms of the criteria, so you're saying certainly return on investment is one thing that they should be looking at. Um, one of the other things that I think has been pointed out a number of times here is also whether or not it's related to their core business um, and how, um, you know, some initiatives they may t take on, even if they could potentially be profitable. Um, may lead them away from their, their core competency and so may end up being more of a distraction. That's something else that we've heard as well. Um, so I'd love to turn the conversation because you guys all, all know each other. <laughs> and I would love to turn the conversation now to just a little bit more about the, the relationship side and, and how um, you know, these advisory relationships really help uh, CEOs grow their businesses and, and, um, and take their business to the next level. And so I would love to just hear a little bit about, you know, Roshana, for example, Antonio mentioned having done some work with you that's made a big difference on, on your concierge and your concierge financial services practice. And so, you know, you showed up here uh, bright and early uh, on a Tuesday morning um, when you could be going out getting, getting other clients. And I'd love to know, you know, why it is that, you know, Antonio has become such an important part of your business. Awesome. Well, I'm a person that's all about a balanced life. I love fitness, I'm a certified yoga instructor as well, and I contacted Antonio because I did want to get my life back. 
I had so many clients previously that sometimes I had to skip on my workouts, and I was determined that I wouldn't be that kind of person. I think being balanced is number one for CEOs and for everyone else. You need to be balanced. And my happiness was a number one priority for me. So Antonio and I discussed what that ideal balanced life looked like. And he helped me come up with strategies to not only help businesses more, but also have less clients at the same time and generate more revenue. And even though these were ideas that I probably could have come up with in some way, he enabled me to see them clearly. And he showed me the numbers clearly and said, hey, is this does this strategy meet all of your objectives? And I said, yes. And ever since then, I've implemented those particular strategies. And I'm smiling even though it's the middle of tax season. <laughs> and um, even, <laughs> even clients are like, Roshana, usually during this part of the year, you seem a little bit more stressed out. And I say it's namely because I've implemented the strategies that Antonio helped me with. And I've reached all of my personal business objectives at the same time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can t- definitely tell you that um, fewer higher paying clients is a better idea. That's a good thing. <laughs> yes. That's a great thing. Um, so I'm, I'm curious though, how did you make that decision? Because so many of us are trapped on the hamster me- hamster mm. wheel, um, you know, saying, okay, well, this is, this is the year I start working out. This is the year that I finally do the X, Y, Z. This is the year I start spending more time with my kids or whatever. How did you, how did you make the decision? Because before he could help you, you had to make, make the commitment. Well, I believe in listening to data and I've always been someone who loved working out. I just stopped for, I didn't work out as much during this time of the year. If it was up to me, I would work out at least an hour and a half every day because I feel so happy. Um, and this radio show is happening during my running time, so I have to <laughs> run a little bit later today. But to me, if someone has good advice and is backed by numbers, that's enough for me. I'm going to do it. And I've always been that way. There's no time in life to make excuses. You have now. Mm-hmm. And my happiness is important to me right now. I don't have to wait for that. Right. What about you, Tanya? Well, I love that. You came all the way back from California. (laughs) (laughs) For the radio show. (laughs) Just today. No. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I've known Antonio for for several years now. Um, I think we initially met through the Law of Attraction group. I believe so. That's right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That I think, was a good group. Yeah, yeah there it was. was. Bring it, was it a back. Great group. <laughs> <laughs> but it was at the time when the secret was out and you know, we were really kind of getting into, you know, what your mind can, you know, uh, believe you you can achieve in your life and um at that time I owned um two wellness centers here in Atlanta and you know, and it was it was tough juggling that like Roshana said you know I really had no life you know I'm in wellness and and you know I'm so holistically (laughs) minded but I was stressed and had no life you know so I wasn't really practicing what I was preaching you know and so um one of the things that Antonio said to me and I'll never forget this and I use this with my business clients in particular um 
you know, I was sitting at my desk. I, I remember this so vividly. And I answered the phone. And he was on the other line. He was on the other side of the phone. And he said, why are you answering the phone? And I, I said, because it rang? I mean, I don't know. It was a trick question. And he says, you know what? This is the problem. This is your problem right here. How much would you? How much do you typically charge? And I said, oh, I don't know. It depends on the service. But typically anywhere, $80, $90, $100 an hour. And so he says, so basically what you're doing is you're paying a receptionist $100 an hour to answer the phone. I had to sit and think, like, oh, my God, really? <laughs> he says, you need to go get somebody that you can pay $10 an hour to answer your phone, and you need to be going out and doing those things that generate that $100 an hour. He goes, you're losing money by answering your phone. And I never thought about that because sometimes we don't value our own time. You know, we just we just think, oh, well, you know, I don't want to spend the money. I don't want to invest the money to do that. I can answer the phone. But what you're doing is you're actually taking time and money away from your business because you as the expert could be out generating that income to pay that receptionist. I just thought that was so profound. So from then on, I mean, he's been my, I call him my marketing guru. Whenever I refer to him, I was like, yeah, Antonio, my marketing guru. Because he really shifted my business. He made, a, he made small suggestions that made a huge difference in my business. And so I've actually reached out to him now because I've transitioned from the holistic, so much um, the wellness centers to doing more life coaching, business coaching, and corporate wellness. So I re recently reached out to him again. And again, he's, he has never failed me. <laughs> he, is, he is the guru. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'm really interested in um, for all three of the, um, my guests today is you guys are all are kind of what I, what I call business renegades, right? You kind of have broken out of the traditional mold and you're doing your own thing, you know, law of attraction, holistic yoga instructor, you know, <laughs> kind of people. And, and I'm wondering um, how you kind of integrate that way of thinking into a very traditional um, business marketplace and whether or not you feel like it's it's necessary sometimes to kind of hide the kind of new age thinking or, you know, to appear more professional to people who are, you know, in business suits in, you know, traditional CEOs. So, Annie, that is a fantastic question. And really I'm is. and I'm asked that quite That's often. That's great. That's why I have a radio show. <laughs> That's why you have a radio <laughs> show. Exactly. Um, I'm asked that quite often. Um, and it's for me, it's it's about life more so than business. And for years... What is about life? More so about... What is the... It is more about it. it it's it. it <laughs> that thing. It's, it's about living. It's about enjoying you, who you are. It's about enjoying your space. It's about enjoying, enjoying your family, your, your activities. And, and you build business around that. So, you know, if you read the majority of my bios, it says Antonio Thornton, is a mediocre salsa dancer, a fantastic dad, and when he has the time, he fits in marketing and business consulting. And though it's meant to be a joke, it's that's the way I live my life. Uh, you can't contact me after 2.30 because I take off every day. It's hard to contact you early in the morning, too. Well, that's just <laughs> probably true. <laughs> 
that's true as well. Um, but again, it's it's because I I build my business around my life. So, and I and I have to say it this way because this is the only way I can say it. Um, my clients have to fit into that mold. So I've gotten to the point now where I can choose the clients I want. So if someone wants to be so stuffy, they say, well, you know, you need to show up with a suit on. No, I'm going to come to a meeting with my jeans on, probably. So you have to be okay with that. And because I'm okay with not accepting you as a client, if that's not okay with you. So it's mm-hmm. it's about making that commitment that I'm not willing to waver. I'm not willing to change who I am fundamentally to just, just to make a buck. So all the things that I enjoy doing, you, you, you've heard my voicemail. What does it say? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm either out helping a client or salsa dancing. Which is a lie. <laughs> well, That's an absolute lie. I'm sorry to call you out. I didn't go Friday. You, but. Didn't go, you were not at Fernbank on Friday. I, I, I missed Fernbank uh, this Friday for a good reason, though. I was out having a great time. So I love um, that voicemail, by the way. Well, thank you. But but laugh. that... And, and and here's the thing. Some people would say that's unprofessional, but the reality of it is it's who I am. It is mm-hmm. it is fundamentally who I am. And I actually find that it attracts the right client to me and repels the wrong client. Mm-hmm. Right. I think I, go I'm ahead, sorry. Go ahead, Tanya. I, I, I just had to piggyback off of that. That is so crucial with my um, entrepreneurs, my business clients. Because most of them are so stressed because they're trying to fit into that corporate box and they aren't allowed to have a life. They feel like. That's not true. Mm. But that's what they feel like, that they cannot have a life. They have to show up this particular way. Um, and they have to walk this way and talk this way and whatever. And they're not being true to who they are. And that's a fantastic example of how you can still be true to who you are and still be successful. Um, and I, and that's one of the key things that I find is the largest challenge with, um, executives and CEOs that I work with one on one, not just in my corporate wellness, but in my actual, um, life coaching practice. That is the biggest thing. They're so stressed because they're trying to balance family, life, you know, fun, blah, 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 and running a business. And it's really tough. So you have to develop that kind of mindset to truly be successful because success is not just about money and how it shows up in your bank account. It's about do you have successful loves in your life? Do you have, you know, is your family happy? Are you happy? Are you doing the things that you want? That's a successful life. It's not always about the bottom line. It's not all about your bank balance. You know, you have to be happy generally in life to be successful. I agree with both Tanya and Antonio. It's all about the holistic, comprehensive Mm -hmm. life. And I resisted it initially. I had a business coach who refused to only talk about my business goals. She said, no, we have to talk about life goals Mm -hmm. and see how your business goals can support your life goals. I recently spent a month in Thailand on a yoga retreat the whole month of December, and a lot of people were shocked. How are your clients going to deal with you being gone for a whole month? And I said, I'm good. And if they don't want me anymore because I took time for myself, I'll have new clients. And this Mm -hmm. year has been the best year for my business ever. So I take three weeks off in December too. Yeah, you are worth 
balance. You are worth your own happiness. And if you think and it generates more clients. When you walk into a room feeling peaceful, Mm -hmm. feeling happy, seeming confident, like you're in charge of your own time, people are attracted to that, just like Mm -hmm. everyone else said. So... And people are only <laughs> pretending to work in the second half of December anyway. They're lurking, yeah. a, lurking behind. The I was actually the- gone for six weeks, so yeah. mid-November <laughs> through the end of the year, really and it was not, fabulous. Really not much is happening. <laughs> All right, so I would love to find out um, if there's anything that's new and happening in your practices that you'd like listeners to know about. So uh, before we, we wrap things up, um, Rashana, you want to take that one? Yeah, I'm having a Relationship Bliss 2.0 workshop this Sunday. And during this workshop, I'm teaching couples yoga. I have a psychiatrist coming in and talking about communication techniques. And I'm also teaching about uh, wealth strategies. So that's the Sunday. And they can find that out um, from my website. And also, I have a white paper that discusses key essential financial strategies for every CEO. And they can find that on my website by going to novellusfinancial.com slash CEO. Why is it relationship 2.0? Because 1.0 is the basic stuff. Just the (laughs) attraction (laughs) and we like each other and we're going to go together. But however, you want to step that up so that you don't have conflict, that you're on the same page financially, and you can actually find fitness in many ways, not only physical fitness, but Mm -hmm. mental fitness, Mm -hmm. and use all of those things to have the relationship that other people would love to have. So you'll be that ideal couple that everyone wants to be if you have these essential skills. All right, great. What about you, Antonio? Well, of course, we've we've always have a lot of things going on. We've... are really focusing on getting our four core methodology out into the marketplace right now because of the results that we're getting. Uh, so we right now we we have a uh, book that we're selling. Uh, four core. Which is, well, tell us what before you go on. What what is four core? Well, four core is a proprietary methodology that we have put together to grow businesses. Uh, we we've seen doubling of businesses in less than six months. And that four core methodology it talks about the four A's. Uh, one is attract, which is attracting your target audience. Uh, secondly is activate, uh, how to get your target audience to actually pull out the checkbook and do business with you. Next is ascend. How do you get those folks to come back, do business with you again, or get more money from them? And the last is advocate how to create the user experience to create more referrals and get your clients to become advocates for you. And we, we have this methodology put together and it's, and it's worked phenomenally for, uh, for our clients. So we, we put in, we put in a book and a, in a report, if you will, uh, that we are selling online at getforcore.com. But, uh, Sweeney, what I'd like to do for your listeners is I'd like to actually give that book away. So um, right now it's a $49 value, and I'd like to give that away f- uh, for free. And uh, Where can to, they get it? Well, what we're going to do is this. So we've got getforcore.com is the URL. And what we're going to do is create a URL uh, specifically for you. Uh, we're going to call it, let's say, getforcore.com slash CEO. And I'll make sure that uh, my assistant has that up within the next hour or so. We'll, um, so that your listeners will be able to go directly to that URL and get that book for them. Great, thank you. Absolutely, we love free. Yes, <laughs> and we love we love proprietary methodologies too. Yes, Very absolutely. Good. What about you, Tanya? 
Well, for us, I mean, we are, you know, it's spring now, so we're ramping up our corporate um, wellness programs. So I would love for people to visit my website and see what we have going on. Like I said, we do come on site. We create all kinds of programs. Um, not only am I a life and business coach, but I'm also a hypnotherapist. So that's very um that's been fun as well. And it's very useful for helping people to get over those challenges and those blockages that are keeping them from obtaining whatever it is they want to be. Success. You know, a lot of people think of hypnosis as a way to get rid of smoking or whatever. Yes, that's true. But it can also, all it's doing is changing your mindset. And we've all heard the phrase that when you change your mind, you can change your life. You can also change your business. So that's one of the things that we're focusing on now is um, ramping up our corporate um, wellness programs. So they could visit my website, which is OptimumLivingConsultants.com, um, and see all the information and see how to contact me. Great. Thank you. And, and uh, if folks want to um, contact uh, you, Roshana, how can they get in touch with you? You can go to my website at novellusfinancial.com or LinkedIn, um, just Roshana, linkedin.com slash Roshana. Thank you. And Antonio, folks want to hear more, hear more about your four-court um, methodology? Absolutely. They can go to the four-core, getfourcore.com or just moneymouthmarketing.com, either one of the two, and we'll make sure to get that out to your audience. Great. Well, thank you so much for a great show today. It's been wonderful having you here. Absolutely. Thank you you for the opportunity. This show is brought to you by Anona Enterprises, where strategy is your access to money and performance. Learn more at AnonaEnterprises.com.